0: Welcome
1: to Our Certain Point of View, where your hosts, Jim and Tim, will bring you new weekly discussions about the Star Wars universe. Our Certain Point of View is a fan-based podcast and has no connections with Disney, Lucasfilm, or any of their subsidiaries.
0: Hello everyone, and welcome to... Tim was born ready. (laughs) Welcome to Our Certain Point of View. My name is Jim. Hello there, I'm Tim. And, uh, yeah, if you know, today's a, it's a very special moment for us, Tim. Do you know why? I do know why. Uh, I didn't know if you, I, I didn't mention it. I was gonna see if you, you know, if you knew. What, yeah. Why do you think it's special?
1: Well, it's not a prime number. It's not. But it's a very special number. We are on episode 50 of our certain point of view.
0: That's right. We have hit fifty episodes uh, without being sued, uh, without anyone. Uh, well, I think we only had one negative review.
1: <laughs> and it wasn't actually a review. It was just a negative. Oh, yeah, wasn't It was it just, just a low like, star.
0: Yeah, so it was. Yeah, one star. It was like, oh, okay. Um, no, no feedback. I guess no constructive. Okay. But they yeah. took the time, and that's what matters, Tim. That's what matters. Speaking of review, um, so this is episode 50 of Our Certain Point of View, and it is also four days ahead of the release of Mandalorian Season 2, and we would love it if you would go out and give us a five-star review and maybe uh, leave us a message. We like the message, hello there. Um, you don't even have to write much. Just write, hello there. Um and that helps our you know grow our show. Uh, our peak numbers were clearly during the Mandalorian last year and uh, it'd be neat to see that uh, see a lot of those listeners come back and all uh, I mean I'm enjoying the show still. However, the Mandalorian is what we're here for, let's be honest. It's what I'm here for. How about you? I mean, if you well, look for the at- next Eight weeks, that's definitely what I'm here for. The way we originally put this podcast out, it was a Star Wars and Mandalorian fan cast. That's right. Um, Yeah, so it was right there in the title, because, yeah. So in four days, we're going to get back to doing what we originally came here to do. Um, Although, of course, i love talking Star Wars in general, and we will continue even once the season's over, especially with things like the Bad Batch in, in production and things like that. Um but I've gotten us way off of our format, and yeah, we have a format. Are we getting predictable? Do you think I'm selfish? Um, I don't eat shellfish. <laughs> you, you don't eat shellfish, do you?
1: Nope.
0: No. I hung up on her. I don't even know I did that. I Who'd you hang up on? No one. It's just a. I'm quoting Frisky Dingo again. That's yeah. what I do. He hangs up on his girlfriend, and he doesn't even know why. And he says, do you think I'm selfish? And he just stands just watching him. Anyway, uh, I got a fan to keep my drink cool. That's right. Today is Monday, October 26th, the year 2020. Uh, The year 2020. Got anything you want to say about that, Tim? I'll tell you something about the year 2020, Tim, since you didn't. (laughs) Uh <laughs> well, I will say this... I'll tell you right now, buddy, since you're not going to say anything.
1: It's uh, it's containing our more. second season of The Mandalorian, so...
0: Yeah, it's not all bad, um, but...
1: Well, I mean, just that.
0: I'm debating on... Um... <laughs> I had the motorcycle... My key on my motorcycle broke Tim, and it broke oh, no. off... Now, I've been telling a little bit of a fib about how this happened, and I'm debating on whether or not I should come clean on a podcast.
1: Well, you didn't tell me a fib. You never actually told me how it happened.
0: Yeah, because I was trying <laughs> to avoid fibbing. I I, uh, I tend to try to be an honest person, as much as you know anyone can be. Um, I, I'm a big believer in Dietrich Bonhoeffer's situational ethics, in which, you know, sometimes... You only have two choices, and they're both wrong, so you got to choose the lesser wrong. But anyway, which means sometimes fibbing is necessary to do the right thing. Um, Situational ethics, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, look him up. He was murdered in the last days of Auschwitz. Um, Tried to kill Hitler. Interesting guy. He was a pastor. Anyway, what are we talking about? Oh, my fib... I'm going to tell the story because this will be a good test to see if my wife will ever listen to any of my podcasts, <laughs> or or my daughter, because she listens to them sometimes. Um, because she knows how much I mention her on here, um, and she loves Star Wars. But anyway, all right. So, you you want the real story, Tim? Do you think that our audience wants the real story? I believe they do. <laughs> So I, I have this be, gorgeous uh, Yamaha XS650. If you've seen it, it's in a lot of our cover art. Half the time our cover art is just a close-up of the tank of my bike. Um, it's named Red 5. I put the emblem on the tank. Uh, the other half of the time, it's me and Tim, picture of us on our bikes. Um, apparently, I'm the thin guy in the background on the big bike. And Jim, it, Jim is me. I'm doing this because a guy got us confused and he tried to identify us in the picture and he said uh, he said Jim was the guy in the background. That's actually Tim. Anyway, you don't mind me sharing that much, do you? Nope, wouldn't bother me. So I, so I got my Yamaha XS650. This was a barn find and I brought this thing back from the dead with the help of a few mechanic friends. Um, and I cleaned this thing up and it's spotless and it's gorgeous and for the most part it runs fairly well. It still has some issues, some goes in the machine, but I ride the bike. Um, and... <laughs> I always put a trickle charger on this thing, like every night. Um, So in order to do that, I gotta unlock the seat, you know, fold the seat over, and then attach the trickle charger. Well, my extraordinarily sweet and wonderful wife got me a a surprise present for my birthday a couple weeks ago. And um, they were these really nice leather saddlebags, right? Um, And tried to put them on the bike and the key was still in the side and that's actually how the key got bent and she didn't notice and I didn't have the heart to tell her. So I took the saddlebags off because they didn't fit quite right. I'm going to have to modify them. I do love them, they're gorgeous by the way. Um, they're these black leather, that, but they're used and I like that because it, you know, it's a 78, well, actually it's a 79. I always say the wrong year because the guy sold it to me so the wrong year. But anyway, um, so that's how the key got broken but I was able to pull the <laughs> key out of the side, put it, shove it in the ignition, and then turn the bike on, and I went for a ride, and that's when I realized I couldn't get to the gasoline open. And uh, so I only went so far before I was like, I better go home, because it started running weird, so I switched it to reserve. That's how the key actually got broken. So I've always told my wife that, no, I accidentally broke it when I was trying to get gas. Um, so she doesn't know. What do you think about that confession? That. That's not that bad. Yeah, I was just trying to spare her feelings because you know it's an accident. Thing, these things happen, and it was such a happy moment because I got these really cool saddlebags. Anyway, what are yeah, we talking that's about? All, so that's I think not too that's bad. The I was thinking.
1: Uh, I was well, I, I wasn't thinking anything, but so I'm Jim, and I'm Tim, and I've got a PSA for everyone. If you have a vehicle, I have a recommendation: I have a is get yourself a spare key.
0: Yeah, that was probably a bad idea to only have one key for that bike. Um, Yeah, I did find out that the, their uh, blacksmiths can pull the key out and like reattach it and then make a new one based off that. So I, and it's apparently really inexpensive, so. Yeah, keys aren't,
1: keys aren't too bad.
0: That's, that's probably plenty of personal information for tonight other than I'm looking at this picture that you showed me of where it's a picture of you in the background, and it says Jim, or a certain point of view, and then it's a picture of me, and it says Tim. But we both have motorcycle helmets on, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, no, (laughs) it doesn't matter at all. The only thing you can tell is that, like, you're thinner than I am, so I'm very complimented by that. And, uh, I mean, that's definitely your bike. Your bike is, like, twice the size of mine. Um, So, yeah, I come out looking a lot better than you do. Well, we uh, <clears throat> and your helmet visor's broken, apparently.
1: We do tend to have some <laughs> confusion when we say uh, when we say who's who at the end of our podcast. So,
0: I mean, Jim's not even my real name. What are we gonna do? Um, wait a minute, is that true? I don't know. Ha ha ha, it's a mystery. Speaking of mystery, what's gonna happen with season two of The Mandalorian? Let's get let's get down to business. I've already begged for five stars and then went on to ramble about my bike my motorcycle. Um this is a no spoilers uh season two kind of prep, meaning we're really just gonna recap uh a lot of the highlights and uh, the storylines of season one. Uh maybe do a little speculation, but bear in mind it we don't know anything. So, if it's speculation, it is purely speculation, and I won't even do good speculation. Uh, That was one of the problems I had with the Westworld uh, uh, podcast. Uh, Bald Move does a Westworld podcast that is absolutely phenomenal, and you must listen to it if you're a fan of Westworld, but listen to it after the season. So, for example, watch... All of season one, and then listen to all the season one podcasts because those two guys—they're—they're they're not spoiler guys either, but they are really, really, really good at guessing stuff. Um, so I've—I've I've found that it was better to just wait till the season was over to listen to their recaps. Um, and Westworld—have you listened to any of that, by the way, Tim? No. Holy cow, you would love it because it gets into the, all this philosophy about the bicameral mind, about like where language originates within the head, like, why we hear our thoughts in the terms of language, it's, it's, um, why we, you know, cognitive dissonance, it's it's a brilliant show, and their podcast does a great job of exploring some of those most brilliant aspects of that show. Kind of like ours does with The Mandalorian. So what do you think about that now? So, I think that sells us. Alright, we got any news? Um,
1: there are, uh, well a couple of the same things of course our our next mando monday is coming our next our first mando first. monday is coming um and i got a glimpse at some of the some of the stuff that's out there yeah and uh you know if you're into the toys and into collecting there's some really cool stuff coming there are some new um books and there's new art and posters and apparently there's going to be a new comic book series which i'll talk about in just a second um so definitely some some interesting stuff Showing up on, uh, on the Mando Mondays. So I like what we're seeing so far. They did some uh, video reviews with some of the actors. Uh, yeah. On checking those out, so anybody can watch those videos. <clears throat> it's uh, it's some nice looking stuff. I like. Um, but again, it's it's mostly toys and stuff that's going to be released periodically as we go through the series. Uh, with the comic books, was the other piece of news, um, we are finally working on formatting we are our newest podcast,
0: <laughs> it's about which is Four Um
1: Comics. I mean, and I episode
0: think, 50 of uh, Our Certain Point of View is a good time to announce it, right?
1: Yeah, so uh, what I'm leaning toward with the, uh, well, really what we're leaning toward with the with the Force Lore Comics podcast is a, I think a once a month, I think a monthly review of monthly. what's going on in the uh, comic book world.
0: Now is that just going to be you, or do you want me to sit in and not know what's going on? Yeah, you'll well, figure it out.
1: I have a better expectation of you <laughs> reading them and joining the conversation.
0: Okay. Um, um, is, okay. Is what
1: I'm hoping for there. Oh, wait, so, breaking
0: news. Breaking news. I just got a message from Hart Miser again. It says, say pew pew. Pew pew. Pew pew. All right, so there you yeah. go. What an email um, name.
1: So we, uh... <laughs> pew pew. So we're going to, uh...
0: You know, I got a comment. We did get a comment, by the way, about last week's singing. I don't know if you noticed, but I sang a lot last week.
1: I did notice. Um,
0: there was a lot of Peter Shatera. Um... Anyway, so what were you talking about? We're going to read the comics together, and then once a month we're going to have a comic book podcast? Yeah, so the big idea here
1: is that we're going to we're gonna do it once a month. What's going on in the Star Wars universe? Um, really, it's going to be what's going on in print. So once a month, and, and I'm going to work out the dates and all that stuff. Once a month will be um, a recap of the books that came out that month, the comic books that came out that month. And then every now and then there will be some other episodes that just kind of filter in and out. Where uh, we can talk about other books that are out non comic books, yeah, so if we get some new novelization and we read it, then we'll we'll fill that in. Um, it's possible that'll just be like a special episode that gets tossed into both podcasts, this one and that one just to you know make sure it's there
0: right on um, that sounds good to me,
1: so, but I think we're just gonna do monthly with that because I don't need a whole podcast to talk about a a single book I could, but you know, yeah, you got to read the books. Uh, big ideas. There's a lot of really cool stuff going on in the comic book world. fills in some of the story. And, uh, you know, if you're not into reading comic books, but you love Star Wars, you love the stories, I'd be happy to help fill you in with what's going on.
0: Heck, yeah, especially since so much of the lore comes from there. And the one that we've talked about is I really want to read, I'm really excited to read and look at the one about, um, gosh, I've forgotten the uh, Jedi's name but the one who uh, Vader gets his first crystal from as a Sith and yeah. leads it. Um, it was Tony Lewis last week who I was, whose name I could not remember. Tony Lewis is the lead singer from, was the lead singer. He's dead now. He died on October 19th. Um, which, by the way, is the anniversary of uh, Lord Cornwallis surrendering to uh, George Washington at Yorktown, Virginia, which essentially ended the American Revolution.
1: Well, that's because of Mel Gibson and his hatchet.
0: Yeah, and they stabbed a horse with a flagpole, which was not. I I thought that was just awful on all kinds of levels. I'm like, that's the flag, dude. Oh, that's a horse. Aw. But I guess you do what you got to do. Yeah, Tony Lewis was the. All my love, all my love in the world. See, I was just trying to work in a, a chance for me to sing. He was English. So he probably did not appreciate the fact that he died on the anniversary of America's victory over England. Yeah. So is that? That's an old. That's an old
1: school warfare, though. That's like that's that's pikeman style.
0: What people don't realize about the whole American English uh, relationship, though, because we're such good buddies with England now. Um, and I mean, I I love England. I'm very fond of that country. And I'm I'm not only fond of England. I'm fine fond of the United Kingdom. I'm heck. I'm extremely fond of the Commonwealth of Nations, Uh, you know, I've had the, I've been very lucky to have traveled a lot, and been to Australia, and New Zealand, and, you know, Canada, and England, and Ireland, and all that, and I've been to these Commonwealth countries, I haven't been to South Africa, been to Africa, but not South Africa, but anyway, the Commonwealth countries rule, that haven't been said, I mean, you know the old joke, they're basically like nice Americans, (laughs) they're like (laughs) Americans if we were nicer, um which is probably sadly some truth to that but that having been said we were enemies of england up until the 1890s that wasn't like a just okay american revolution okay war of 1812 which nobody cares about the war of 1812 hey 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 whoa wait a minute somebody has a war of 1812 flag don't they yeah Oddly enough, of all the things to be a fan of, Tim is a fan of the War of 1812. Yep. Okay. But I'd anyway, be like a, yeah. You like to
1: study of the War of 1812.
0: Yeah, yeah that animosity lasted uh, all the way up until the 1890s when uh, Germany emerged as a power and England kind of had to decide who it was going to seek out globally for friendship. And that was when they finally started becoming more and more friendly to the United States. Um, but, of course, back then we were just an agricultural-slash-industrial country, not a military one. Ah, the good old days. So that's the news and the history. One of these days I'd like to do a history podcast. Um, countdowns? I was just texting
1: you about that. That's
0: <laughs> Nice. Okay.
1: Uh, countdowns.
0: All right. We are. <clears throat> say it. You ready for it? Uh, say it. Oh, my gosh, say it.
1: Three days, nine hours, fifty minutes, and forty-one, forty, thirty-nine, thirty-eight. From, what is it?
0: I'm gonna go with Mandalorian season two.
1: Oh yeah, it is time. So close, so so close. Yeah. And what did we say? That's. Oh my gosh. Nine dude. hours away, but again, nine oh, hours. Oh, ten me. hours away. That puts it at like
0: uh, six in the morning, ah. so it's a little late. I'm I'm excited about this the same way I used to. Well, I I've always been excited about like uh, Star Wars movie premieres until the last Jedi killed that for me. But um, right. like I always used to be. You know, I'm excited, man. a conversation new... with people
1: again today. Like that was, uh, you know, just and I know we've talked about this, but this is also a lead into our recap, so it actually applies, even though it seems off topic right now. The fact that this episode is coming out and that's it, and not the series and not the show. Yeah, this episode. Not, um, not dropping I, it. You know, it makes a huge, huge, huge difference for me as a fan being able to watch the show, talk about the show, um, I you know, agree. have conversations with, with different people throughout the week about the show before I enjoy the next episode and not just burn through them all. You know, and I, and I do. Don't get me wrong. I do marathons of shows,
0: <clears throat> no, it's a especially ride. when that's I'm working. Marathon, like I can ride. put Mandalorian
1: on in the background was... and just work all day long. But that's once I've seen it. Um, and once I've had the time to digest each episode, yeah, um, it, it's one of my problems with Clone Wars. I need to go back and watch Clone Wars. I didn't watch Clone Wars until uh, ignoring season seven until after the series had ended. Yeah, and so I watched Clone Wars quickly. I got through it, you know, in a in a really fast amount of time, um, and I miss a lot of those details. And that's just something I need to to fix and work on. Um, I mean, I do okay. You guys have all heard me talking about it, but, you know, I could do better. So, I'm excited about that. Heck yeah. Three days, nine hours, 48 minutes, and 38, 37. <coughs> 36. And
0: chapter nine, since, um, I, I love it, They've, uh, they are doing the naming conventions the same way they did with the first season. It's uh, done in chapters, but uh, they don't release the name until they release the episode, which is nice. Um, but what I can tell you chapter 9 October 30th um, like you said four days directed by John Favreau written by John favreau yeah so they're gonna come out of the gate strong on this one I, I'm, I'm betting but I didn't um, see
1: them I didn't see the uh, the chapter name they're calling it chapter nine that's awesome yep
0: it's called chapter nine they're that's all
1: really exciting
0: chapters so well, um, well I'm
1: glad it's not like you know book two chapter one I like that it's
0: yeah, and it'll be uh eight episodes again. So chapter 16 will be the last of the uh of the season 2. Yeah. So sweet. So let's uh that was supposed to be part of our countdowns, but we started launching right into our Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean
1: that's, that's what I mean. it, it works out well. Yeah, Um, it seemed off topic but it was really on
0: topic countdowns four days until the release of Mandalorian season two seven days until the release of Mando Mondays which is November 2nd yeah now we've talked about that already yeah
1: we're done with that 22 days until Wookiee Life Day and the premiere of
0: the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special
1: oh yeah that's
0: gonna take over for me um, instead of the Charlie Brown specials since they took that off network TV apparently the Great Pumpkin's gone well it's on like uh itunes or uh, whatever the apple equivalent is apple tv um so to i'm um, every year i'm gonna have to make my kids snuggle around and watch the lego star wars holiday special and then we'll have the airing of grievances and feats of strength right yeah so 71 days we got a lot of prime numbers this time yeah. star wars the high republic books come out that would be january 5th of 2021 Yep, excited
1: about that. Then the next one is all the way up at 190 days. That's Star Wars Day. May the fourth be with you. 190 days.
0: Star Wars Lego, the Skywalker Saga, the game. Monday, May 31st. 217 days. Sorry, a little.
1: 372 days away from Star Wars: The Mandalorian, an original novel. We are almost at a year, but that's November 2nd.
0: Yay! And then finally, because I don't think we should be doing this new trilogy stuff until we learn more about it. Star Wars Celebration, though, is 2022, which will be August 18th. And that is a 661-day wait, also a prime number.
1: Yeah. I do want you to know that we have our countdown going. So those numbers that he didn't say are 781, 1,516, and
0: 2,244 days. Yeah. love was meant to be. The kind of love love that lasts forever. forever. Oh, you do know you're Peter Cetera. Yeah. Alright, so tonight's topic. The Mandalorian Season 1 highlights and things, storylines, that sort of thing that we might want to know going into Season 2.
1: What I didn't tell Jim is that I have the script to Season 2 and I'm just going to read it to you.
0: You son of a gun. (laughs) Your father must be a pistol because you're a son of a gun. Yeah. Well, I got a joke for you, you ready? I was born ready. Um I don't actually have a joke for you. More of a limerick. No. I like there, limericks. There once was a man from um, Bombay. I don't actually have a limerick either. Um so <laughs> season one started with an episode written by the great John Favreau. And directed by the equally great Dave Filoni. Um, and that was simply called Chapter 1, The Mandalorian. And it's in this episode, if you listen to our podcast last uh, week, we did our like highlights, our favorite episodes and our favorite moments. And of course, Tim pointed out a few times, you know, it depends on your mood, depends on where you're at when you're watching it. But my favorite moment was literally the opening scene of this episode, Chapter 1, The Mandalorian. Because he goes into this bar and they do a little bait and switch on us because there's some clearly bad guys in this bar. And you're like, oh, Mandalorian's here to, you know, take care of these bad guys. And and he does, but it's only incidental that he uh, takes care of these bad guys because they basically make it so that he has to. And he goes after a guy who seems to be a fairly likable guy. But the very first line the Mandalorian uses is... I can bring in warm, or I can bring in cold, as he puts his hand on his blaster, and it establishes the gunslinger feel, and actually that'll be the name of an episode later, um, the western feel, uh, it, it establishes the character very, very well, um, what do you want to talk about with chapter one? I don't know, we, we probably don't want to spend too much time on each, uh, each episode.
1: No, I don't want to do a whole lot on chapter one, because I think we talked about a lot of chapter one, um. You, know, you get to know a couple of characters,
0: probably great maybe a couple targeting. of major characters, Yeah, and you well, get to see. Uh, we get to see Vana do Yes. Isn't he in chapter one? He gives. Oh yeah, because he gives the bounty on the child. Shout out to. Our I do fans. have
1: a concern about him, and I understand why it happened. Because by I think the you way, I'm
0: uh, uh, sorry. We while I'm thinking about, we have a band that is now called Demented Penguin, because of the. Shout-out to uh, Werner Herzog. So shout-out to, shout to Demented Penguin.
1: That there was the
0: best Werner Herzog impression. I'm sorry, go on.
1: So, and this is something I wanted to bring up last time,
0: but, you know, it's just been, oh, this was the
1: thing. There was something I couldn't remember what I wanted to talk about. This was it. Um, and I, I think we've talked about it before, but this kind of takes us into, into the second episode.
0: Werner Herzog.
1: Everybody has been ordered to terminate the child.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a big um, part of this, man. About like everybody has been, and and he wasn't now. Correct. As a matter of fact, the Camino guy is the one who's like, no, 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 don't.
1: Well, and that was my concern. So, so the the client kind of said, but even when he, when the client was originally talking to him, he was like, well, you know, we don't. We don't really care. Um, but he, then the other one was, was like, no, 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 he has to be alive. So I don't know if it was just because that guy was there. But...
0: Yeah, um, it's... it's. Sorry, I, I, I'm so excited to keep talking over you. I don't mean to do that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Vernon Herzog initially pretty much indicates that he's okay with this guy dead. Like, it sounds like that's the bounty, is kill this, this target. And then we see a guy with a uniform from Camino... But we know Imperials don't like to deal with uh, you know alien life forms. So even though he's from Kamino, he's a human, um, and he he's very adamantly no, we need him alive. And Herzog, uh, his character, I can't remember his name because said Werner Herzog. Well, they just
1: call him the client.
0: Uh, the client uh, says, uh, you know, "I'm being pragmatic." I think is the word he uses. Mm-hmm. Um, he's being a pragmatic, Tim. Um, so apparently. Yeah, alive is is nice, but dead is fine. But when he meets IG-11 and all the other bounty hunters, it's straight up dead.
1: Yeah, and that was the weird part, because they were ordered to just kill. Not a kill or capture, it was just kill. And that seemed that seemed really odd to me. Yeah. Um, especially considering, and this was the other piece, the client gets away when the Mandalorian comes back. And... There wasn't a whole lot of time, which means the, the implication, I think, is that he wasn't there anymore. Yeah. That it was. But if they're, they're basically in hiding, right? Like they're trying to save themselves as remnants of the Empire and, and do what yeah. they need to do.
0: It, which it's, is a good time to point out that The Mandalorian in Episode 1 takes place five years after Return of the Jedi. So, yeah, we see the Empire has pretty much started to crumble apart, and the Republic is trying to establish itself, but has not quite done so yet. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll see. Yeah, and that's,
1: and that's the... So, the part that got to me was the fact that... And I'm, I'm kind of streaming into episode two here, which we'll get to, but, um, you know, I, we assume everybody's seen this, so we're not, like, just telling you the story. We're just reminding you of yeah, the events. Yeah, bottom line is it's where um, he
0: meets a child and decides to take take him instead of like turn him in is, is that's episode one
1: yeah so they've you know once he's turned him in he goes back for him right but the client isn't there is not
0: there. the client
1: and the fact that it was so important for all these other bounty hunters to just kill this this chi- the child like they didn't want him around at all right and okay. then for him it was like well fine bring him in but you know they just needed to extract whatever they needed to extract, and then he needed to be killed too. I was surprised that that he was not around. That there was no verification that the child was going to be killed later on. Like, when, he, when the Mandalorian got there, the client was gone already. Even if he was fleeing, I feel like he would have done something.
0: Well, the client's there by the seventh episode, The Reckoning. So I I don't know, I just assumed he was, I don't know, I never even thought about it, to be honest. Where where did the client went? Because having brought the child back alive, that would make the Camino doctor guy, you know, suddenly the guy who was, like, interested in the child. So I thought maybe the client just left him to his own devices with that.
1: But they weren't, but there's somebody else above them who's in charge of the whole thing. Remember they said that too?
0: Yeah, I would assume so, that's Moff Gideon.
1: Yeah. So, I don't know. It's just... It all seems... I don't know. It was a little strange. It was a little... um, Not not a bad way. I just don't... I don't know. Like, that's one of the things that leaves me wondering with with what's going on in the background of the Empire. Um, And really, right now, it seems like they... You know, the Mandalorian kind of has free reign to say what's happening with the Empire at all. (laughs) And who... Controls the force, like they've got. They've got all the power between Return of the Jedi and and Force Awakens. There's nothing else canon between those time periods. So,
0: yeah, the so to kind of recap what happens with the uh, the child episode because it's a huge it's a huge moment in the development of the Mandalorian. It's the one where he decides that he he's going to keep he's going to protect the child. Um, and you you had mentioned this like the his motivations are kind of unclear at first, and they tell him through uh, uh, what he, flashbacks, um, and it's really this is really really cool because these flashbacks also explain the stat the the status of uh, of Mandalore in general that they've been scattered to the winds across the galaxy and that they're taking in foundlings, you know, babies, little kids who are orphaned, to raise them as Mandalorians in an effort to kind of reestablish the Mandalorians. Um, And that's how our main character, Din Djarin, whose name we don't find out for a long time, um, so when he sees a a foundling child, this is what's going to basically kick off his, you know, his... Um, his moral sentiment here, because we we know he's uh, he's a pretty ruthless guy in the very beginning of episode one, but by halfway through episode two and three, actually no, I'm sorry, episode two is where he's got the uh, the egg, is <laughs> where he's got the Jawas.
1: Oh yeah, so I was even jumping, I was jumping ahead to episode yeah, three. Yeah, that didn't was get what that
0: the end. Jawas, which was cool. Um, but yeah, getting on with the story, yeah, you're, you're we're talking about uh, episode three. Is Suga um what's it called suga suga oh that was the egg from uh yeah. but we're talking about the sin right now the child by the way to back up the child is when he's taking him through the desert he gets uh, attacked by the trandoshans which is what Bosque is um and he gets beat up the kind of the big takeaways from that one though i don't know it, it's we see him fight the Mudhorn, he has a hard time of it, and we see the Child use the Force for the first time, and he's pretty powerful, even though he's little. Um, so I guess that's the big takeaway from the Child. And then the third one, Chapter 3, is what we're really talking about, The Sin. Where, right. Um, yeah, John, um, which was written by Deborah Chow, which is very exciting, because it looks like she's taking a bigger and bigger role in the writing, and that was an outstanding episode, Um like I said, we've we've kind of skipped to it without even realizing it. Um, and that's the one where he, he delivers the child, he drops him off, and then he has a change of heart. And he decides to go back. So he goes to the armor with his reward. Is it the armor who talks him into going back after the... I can't remember what the, the straw was that made him... You know, that broke yeah, the she hand did. Hand. She said yeah.
1: something about him, about the child being a foundling.
0: Yeah, and I think that that's what's spark- because every time they show the armor, is like is when he has flashbacks. Um, whenever they pound, she pounds. You know the, ah, um, oh, shoot, what's the metal called? Beskar. Yeah. Where whenever she you know starts forging Beskar, he starts having uh, flashbacks. It's kind of cool the way they tied that together. And we talked about last week about how the armor does indeed have what I I'm convinced is a Maedhlorian helmet on. Um, because it's got four horns on it that are very similar to, uh, to Zabrak horns, um, which we know the Mandalorians started wearing after Maul took over the Death Watch. But anyway, um, yeah, so then he goes back with that super cool, like, clearing out that, that little Imperial hideout. That was, that was rough, man. Um, and he saves the baby. He doesn't kill the, uh, the cloner guy, the, the Kamino guy. Um, and the Camino guy is the one who confirms for us that it's male, that the child is male. Because he keeps referring to the child as him. So that's kind of a big takeaway from the sin too, is that, I mean, for whatever, for whatever it matters, I don't know. Um, it's not baby Yaddle, I guess. (laughs) That's right. So then we go on to a very standalone kind of episode called The Sanctuary, Chapter 4.
1: Yeah, um, Um, so The Sanctuary is one of my favorites. Favorite episodes. I
0: remember you gushing over this when it came out Because it is absolutely gorgeous
1: It is It's, it's, a, it's a gorgeous episode um, And Well, and, and you and I are both in the same place We've got, you know, daughters who Love Star Wars And it's one of the great things about Star Wars Is That, you know, male, female Race Or species Doesn't necessarily dictate strength um yeah you know of course there are more humans who seem to be uh in, t- in tune with the force um and a lot of that is because movies are made to be relatable to people you know like, like that's really what's yeah. going on here yeah um, it, it is
0: and costumes are expensive
1: and costumes are expensive and you gotta you know make the stuff and create things
0: yeah, so that's why star star trek uh, aliens from the 1960s look so bad <laughs> Because they yeah. basically just put makeup on someone And said, there, now you're from outer space
1: Good enough, yeah So you know that's the, that one that's one the one idea, so 50. we got to uh, Sorry Wait, you're just singing about What we're talking about um, We got to meet Cara Dune, who oh, is a perfect example I thought
0: you were going to say the other lady uh, That he actually did seem to fall in love with
1: I like her too I want to know more about her And yeah. I, I assume we're going to see her again
0: I Um, hope so because there's this woman on this farm planet who knows how to use a blaster really well and also seems to understand someone's need to just kind of escape from everything and go somewhere far away and just be left alone so there definitely seems to be a backstory to this lady and to why she's there with her child and there's no husband in the picture there's no father in the picture Um, I'm thinking you're googling her name right now aren't you
1: I'm I'm trying to remember it too. Like I don't know why I can't think. <laughs> I of it. I can't
0: remember her name, but yeah, the sixth Her name a, is Omera. Omera. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's there's something there's a story there, but as far as furthering the story of the Mandalorian in general, um, it doesn't do much in that regard other than introduce the character of Cara Dune, which she is of course very well, important. Yeah, and that's um, the that's
1: the point I was trying to make with Cara Dune was that you know, and I, I like to say this because well because the last Jedi messed it up, and it's important that everybody knows that. That it's unnecessary, right? Star Wars has strong female characters. It's a good place for.
0: Heck, Princess Leia in 1977. Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, Padme but, was yeah, strengthened as as through a the Clone Wars. Um, Not many. Yeah. Sabine, Hera, like.
0: Yeah, I think they've they've definitely been able to balance that without going like like. Yeah, you know, banging us on the head with how, look, we got strong female characters until The Last Jedi. And then they right. just kind of bludgeoned Right, us without The
1: Last Jedi. Jedi. They just did it. Like, they just were like, hey, we need more stronger female characters. And well, they not just... only
0: that, but come on. It, they made Poe and uh, Finn look like idiots. Um, yeah. And that wasn't necessary in order to well, make... Well, they it tried to do the
1: same characters. with Luke. And Kylo Ren was a mess. Snoke was a joke. And that was yeah, not an intentional rhyme, but it worked. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, just overall.
0: So after he leaves the beautiful planet of the sanctuary, realizing that he can never have a life of just, lug, uh, well, not luxury, but of uh, pastoral, you know, calm passivity, uh, yeah. he almost removes his helmet for her. That's when we realize that he does remove his helmet, but only, like, when he's alone. Yeah, so, I like that conversation. That and then we get to another uh, kind of standalone or episodic episode which I love the name because I'm also a big fan of the Dark Tower series by Stephen King, The Gunslinger, Chapter 5. Yep. Um, we talked about this last week. I think this is probably the weakest of the episodes. That having been said, it's a good episode. It's enjoyable, and there's some great moments in it. Um, but, yeah, comparatively it's, it's, speaking, uh, the, I, I don't even remember The Gunslinger's name because The Gunslinger's not a reference to... Uh, to the Mandalorian, it's a reference to this young bounty hunter that he ends up uh, teaming up with briefly, and uh, and the guy is fast. Uh, we find that out. You know, he seems kind of awkward and inept, and in many ways he is. But at the end of this sh- of this episode, when it comes time to pull, he is fast. Um, but he's not smart, and you got to be both apparently just to stay alive. Yeah. Um, so as far as furthering the episode, I mean, as far as furthering the story of the Mandalorian, um, it, what it really kind of does is, uh, it introduces that Imperial assassin and see, I can't even remember her name, but what makes it interesting is she gets killed. That's where we see how fast the gunslinger is when he kills her. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was kind of cool. Like, being a, being a fan of like the, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, and high planes drifter and all that i like these gunslinger type stuff and when he pulls on her now she's she's tied up and unarmed so it's 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 not a cool move that's not what i'm saying but he is fast um like you barely see his hand move when he shoots her um which anyway at the end of the episode somebody comes in and finds her body and there's a lot of speculation on who that is. Is it Moff Gideon, who we see in The Reckoning and Redemption, like in you know the last two episodes of the season? Or is it perhaps Boba Fett, because of a uh, an audio trick that they used every time they showed Boba Fett in the movies, they would make the sound of spurs, thus uh, kind of adding that connection to Old West-type uh, feeling. And yeah. that sound was definitely present, and the gunslinger at the end of it But maybe that was just a nod to the western feel of the show to begin with. I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's, uh... It'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to see if that's what was going on. Um,
0: That was also the awesome one where they were... Where he was talking to the, uh... The sand people. Yeah. The gunslinger, the young guy, was talking trash about the, the, uh... The Sand People, and the Mandalorian's like, why don't you ask them? They're right there. And they pan the camera back, and they're literally standing like six feet from them. <laughs> it, remind, it reminds me of... Uh, did you ever watch What We Do in the Shadows? No. The guy's talking trash. It's about these vampires. It's a comedy. And he's like, yeah, the vampire's talking about his uh, his his associates. Uh, what do you call them? is familiar. And he's like... Yeah, he's very slow, and he's not very smart, and he's not very good at his job. I don't like to say these things in front of him. And they pan back to the camera, and the guy's standing beside him. <laughs> and he turns around and looks at him and says, I don't like to say these things in front of you. <laughs> it reminded me of that scene. I don't like to say these things in front of you. Uh, because they basically pulled that with the, the sand people were standing right there when the guy was talking trash.
1: So the yes, gunslinger again. ends. Good with- episode. Um, great. I mean, great episode. They're all. Every episode is great. Yeah, they're all good. Um, the gunslinger uh, is
0: the weakest episode, and yet it's it's awesome. Uh, it's yeah, fun. and
1: that's just for for what it adds to the story. Like if it yeah. were lifted out, we wouldn't be missing anything. Yeah. Um. From the from the big storyline, but of course, you know, they're he is still having some of these adventures as he goes along, just trying to. You know, it, it does give us that feel. You are like, we don't know what's going on. He's like, well, I don't know what's going on either. Like, I am just trying to find some planet to be safe for a while. Like,
0: you know, well, he's it working also stuff adds out. to the. It shows that, like, with the Jedi and Sith. Like being a Star Wars fan, watching the Jedi and the Sith, especially if you like the older, like the the prequels in the uh, and the Clone Wars cartoons. Those guys seem almost invincible. They're like superheroes, you know? And you kind of get used to that kind of fandom with Star Wars. But Mandalorians are just like special ops soldiers, meaning they are really, really awesome, but they're also fallible, Mm -hmm. and they're human, and they can be killed pretty easily, I mean, you know, compared to a Jedi or a Sith Lord. Um, Right. And the gunslinger kind of highlights that, because the Mandalorian has his hands full dealing with this uh, Imperial uh, assassin that he has to deal with. Um, yeah, she was she was awesome. Um, so I, I like that aspect of it, too, because he, he gets kind of torn up in that fight a little bit. Um, so it makes you realize that while this guy is awesome, he can be hurt, he can lose. It's not like Superman. Every fight he goes into, you're like, hey, he's going to win eventually somehow. Um, yeah, he can, he can be hurt, which actually takes us to our next episode, Chapter 6, The Prisoner. Now, this premiered yeah. on December 13th. Uh was written by Christopher Yost, which this is the only episode written by him. Every other episode was either written by Jon Favreau or Dave Filoni. Um, so it's the only one not written by those guys. Um, I think that's uh, interesting, given how different the feeling of this episode is.
1: Yeah, I wonder if they if they... We're going for that, and so reached out to, you know, reached out to him to do that. Or I,
0: I, think so. And the reason why I bring up the release date is because this should have been like an October thirtieth release or October thirty first so yeah. release. This feels more like a Halloween type special. It also is a fairly standalone episode, meaning I think if you didn't watch it, you still would understand the story of the Mandalorian in general.
1: Yeah, now this one was a. Um, this was our Dex episode, right? Like, this gave us, uh, you know, when Obi-Wan goes to see Dex, you realize that, because if you read the books, you know that, that the Jedi really are out there. Um, they get to know people. Those people get to know them. Um, you know...
0: Let them get to know you well. There's, a, there's a lot that we don't see. Them.
1: You know, we see so much in the Senate. We see so much in the in the Jedi Temple. but We don't see a whole lot of them you know, just directly interacting. The Clone Wars does a great job of it, Um, but that's wartime and it's, you know, different. Um, And this is that episode where he's like, well, I know people. Let's see if we can make something work here. Um, So they're kind of showing his, you know, he does have a network of his own outside of the Mandalorians that he's built.
0: Yeah. Um, We get, yeah, we definitely get reintroduced to the fact that he's got maybe a bit of a checkered past. Um, he runs with some pretty, you know, questionable people. The the And the most uh, powerful part, I think, of this was where they go into... Um, man, I should go back and listen to our podcast where we recap the prisoner. Because there was some really interesting trivia in this one. Um, do you remember there was only one human assigned to that prison ship that they... So the, the story was, for those of you who don't remember, that there's a terrorist-type uh, smuggler guy that... This crime syndicate once released, and it's on a prison ship. Um, and there's only one human being crewing this ship. The rest are uh, these Guardian robot things. And when they go in there to take this guy out, it turns into this weird you know, standoff. And I cannot remember what was so significant about that. And the guy ends up dying. About the actor? The, the actor, yeah. Matt Lanter? Why do I know the name?
1: He's uh Anakin Skywalker in Star Wars the Clone Wars.
0: That's right. Thank you for gosh. That's that's awesome. Yeah. <coughs> oh yeah. That. So that was I, cool. Um I
1: have my I have my cast notes up.
0: Nice. Well, then they decide, you know, at this point they they betray uh, it's kind of an Ocean's Eleven type thing. Instead of like heisting jewels, they're heisting this prisoner. Um, so they come up with this plan on how to do it, but then they betray the Mandalorian. Um, yep. And so then the last half of the episode is the Mandalorian hunting these people. And that's the right word. Because it is it's crazy, man, with the lights going on and off and they're red and, you know, he it's very Batman ish, but scarier. Um. I loved it, Uh, as far as, like, if you're looking for action and you're looking Mm -hmm. for, like, you know, I want to see the superhero type, uh, you know, guy take down people, like a Wolverine type or a Batman type, the Prisoner's your episode, because we get to see the Mandalorian basically turned loose on a bunch of, like, low-life scum and just be whoever he wants to be at that point.
1: It's like animated, dark Batman. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> when they do the I don't know yeah. if you've watched any of the D C animated movies. They're really, really well done. I've
0: seen a few of them and I've read um, like The Killing Joke and a bunch of those older ones.
1: Yeah. So those those animated movies are really good. Like you know, one of my kids is old enough to watch them. Most of them, not all of them. Um and my other kids are not old enough to watch them. The animated shows. Um actually the animated shows have done a better job with DC than than I think the you know Actual live-action movies have, Um, but that's neither here nor there. Yes, the Dark Batman is a is a really good example of what you see here: Um, horror, stealth, creepy, scary, Um, some jump scare stuff. It's it's pretty cool.
0: Right now, yeah, I I love it. Like I said, it's very Halloween. Um, The What was the guy's name? It was the guy from Sons of Anarchy, um, who was kind of leading this mission, who ends up uh, Uh, betraying all, yeah, basically all of them at the end. Is that
1: Mark Boone? Oh, he's the. um, You talking about the leader or the guy that was? His name was like
0: Ran or something like that. Ran, yeah, yeah. Um, Anyway, the prisoners a fun episode, especially if you like like dark stuff. So it's like somewhere it's not the crow type dark, <laughs> but it's uh it's dark for the Mandalorian. Um, well,
1: and they had a lot of uh, they had a lot of actors in it, which was interesting. Like a lot of uh, a lot of fairly well known actors. Yeah, um, yeah.
0: That guy's name is Mark Boone and the guy from Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but they're not. I mean, his his was, you know. He's a, a pretty obvious guy. You know who he you, is when you when you see him.
0: If you have the notes up, do you remember uh so the deal is they're there to rescue a Twilik. And his yes. sister I think it's his sister who helps him rescue this guy. Yeah. I are they coming back or did they die? I don't remember. I think he survived. No, 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 the Imperials come in and blow him away, don't they?
1: Yeah. The, okay. Not the Imperials, the New Republic.
0: The New Republic. That's right, the X-Wings come in, and uh, one of the X-Wing pilots was, uh, oh, shoot, was it Dave Filoni? Yes. That's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, So sweet, yeah. So I guess we won't be hearing from those guys again
1: and and Deborah Chow, right? Was she was one of the pilots? I, mean,
0: it, I think it was Deborah Chow actually. She No, uh, both. Yeah.
1: And the director of this there was there were three X-wing pilots.
0: Well, Rick uh, Fumi uh, I I cannot pronounce yes. his last name. Fumiyawa. Yeah. Fumiyawa. Rick yes. Fumiyama. Fu, I can't it's not I said it wrong and I'm really really sorry for that, but it's F-U-M-U-Y-I-W-A. It's Is it uh, Is it F A M F A M. What did I say?
1: You said F U M.
0: Well, F U M.
1: That would be why you're having trouble. All right. Anyway,
0: Famu They were the. F- they were the right. three pilots. That's so cool. Um, so it was it was it was so Dave Filoni, Deborah Chow, and it was uh, Taiki Wahidi and uh, Bryce Dallas Howard as far as yeah. directors go. Um Alright, so, yeah, The Prisoner is, uh, is the last of the standalone episodes, and really, there's only three standalone episodes, Sanctuary, Gunslinger, and Prisoner, and there's only uh, eight episodes in the season, so five of them are very much, here's the story. So, chapter one, two, and three, The Mandalorian, the Child of the Sin, and now we're on to chapter seven, The Reckoning, and chapter eight, Redemption. So, if you remember his, uh, his motivation for chapter six, The Prisoner, he needed money because he was trying to figure out how to take care of the child. Right. And, uh, so he did this job that went south on him real fast. Being from the southern part of the United States, why do they call it going south when things are bad? Hmm. Are you from the southern part of the United States originally, Tim? Uh, no. No, you're not. So, I thought you might be able to answer this for me.
1: Well, uh, all I know is...
0: Is that that you guys making fun of us? What is it? Or...
1: (laughs) All I know is I moved down toward the south. Yeah, and and twenty twenty happened.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> south has not worked out too well for you. Is is there something wrong in Australia? What's going on? Why is it? Why do we always say it went south?
1: Anyway, well, maybe, it went maybe south. It. Maybe it um, is south. That's, a, that's a, to, was huh? a prison island, wasn't it?
0: Well, yeah, but you got to understand, it was a prison island back in the day and age where, like, if you stole something, they cut your hand off and branded your head.
1: Wait, right, no, no, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with Australia now except for the crazy murder animals.
0: Um, well, no, my point is, the type of people sent to Australia, while, yes, they were prisoners, they were the type of prisoners who might have written a bad check at the grocery store. Like, genuinely bad prisoners were, like, killed or, like, imprisoned in England whereas like people oh, yeah, who committed true. minor crimes were sent to places like georgia you know after the american revolution I, th- I find this hilarious so georgia started as one of these penal colonies for people who write bad checks these really are what today we would call like uh kind of victimless or or white collar type crime um these are not violent offenders and stuff like that um they're they're kind of just people down on the luck. but anyway After the American Revolution, we wrote a treaty with with England in 1783, the Treaty of Paris, and they still, ships kept showing up in Georgia with prisoners, and they're like, well, this is where we drop them off, right? And we're like, no, we broke up, dude, (laughs) like, no, and this, I, I promise you, this is the history, this will lead to the colonization of Australia, because we were like, no, you can't dock here. And it was very, it reminds me of a, just a breakup gone bad where you're like, <laughs> it's like, well, I'm going to still use your Netflix password, right? It's like, no, you're not. <laughs> so we didn't let England use our Netflix password anymore, and so they had to find Australia. What have we learned today, Tim? Chapter 7, The Reckoning.
1: Yeah. Chapter 7, Okay, this <throat> was
0: directed by Deborah Chow. Again, I'm uh, very excited about that because she also did The Sin. Um, and again, action-packed. This is where Tim talked about this last week. We talked about our favorite episodes, so maybe you want to talk about this a little bit more. It was written by John Favreau.
1: Yeah. Um, no, I mean, we talked a lot about this one. We we. I think we definitely did a good job. We meet, um, like we said, we meet Moff Gideon here.
0: What Tim is saying is if you're interested... Go listen to last week's episode.
1: Yeah, if you need the if you need a, <laughs> a bigger recap, um, but we know what's going on, right? He comes, he comes back.
0: Yeah, he does.
1: Um, he's essentially offered peace,
0: and I guess we need to explain this. Like, if people are really trying to remember what the main storyline is as it was ended, um, because he did not turn in the bounty on the child. Every bounty hunter basically has been tasked with getting the child. And we saw this in Sanctuary um, and the, the Gunslinger. So the Mandalorian has basically become a target for all the bounty hunters. Um, and this is why this episode is called The Reckoning, because he goes back to the bounty hunter's guild with the child, basically to kind of face them down. Right. And that, that's, that's, um, a big, that's a big th- point to understand going into the end of the season.
1: Yeah, it makes that definitely makes a difference. Um, and this is that episode where he gets back with uh Quill, he
0: gets back, he gets the whole team together, man. Everybody,
1: yeah. He goes out for Cara Dune, like, Cara he just Dune. starts getting every he said, Hey, you know, this is all yeah. about to go down. We've got to, I think, you know, his basic thing is I've got to get the bounty hunters to stop, like you said, yeah, like they have to stop chasing me. <laughs> I can't do bounty hunters, and I know that Imperials are after me, and like, this has to be fixed, yeah. Um but he's not going to go it alone, and uh, so he goes back to, to get the whole team, um, and uh, yeah. yeah, and that's where we get to. So, yeah, but they the come back.
0: Beautiful oh. thing to remember. I don't know if this is where you're going. Is the transition of Grief Carga's character Carl Weathers in this yeah. episode, The Reckoning? Yes. Did you want to and, talk about it? Or do you want me to talk about it?
1: Go ahead. You can talk about Grief
0: I love this so much because um, even. Th- this is just good writing. Um, this is like. It sounds weird to apply this to Star Wars, a uh, uh, galaxy with aliens and all this stuff. But this is like the human condition. And that Grief Karga is a guy. He's not necessarily a bad guy, but he is an extraordinarily practical guy. So he will do bad things on occasion to try to help himself out or try to protect himself or people or others and I he goes to meet them in the reckoning and I don't think he's decided completely at that point whether or not he's going to betray them, but that is what he's supposed to do is betray them and throughout that episode he becomes convinced that no I'm on their side and it's that's good writing. He's not a bad guy. He's not a good guy. He's just a, he's just a guy who's caught in a very, very awkward situation. Um, but he's a strong person and he has a sense of right and wrong. And finally, you know, his sense of right prevails. Um, despite the fact that he's lived in a very, you know, questionable profession for his whole life, this is a deep character. All of these characters have a depth that are surprising. Um, given how little time we spend with most of them, um, Quill is somehow one of the most deep characters I've seen on TV, and we really know nothing about this guy. We know nothing about about his past.
1: Like, I can't wait until he gets his own book or comic book series or show or something. He just
0: makes that comment about how how much time he spent in slavery, and that's pretty much all I know about him.
1: In servitude, is what he said. In
0: servitude, you're right. Um, but the Reckoning is is fantastic because, like you said, it pulls the, uh, it pulls the team together, including the conversion of Grief Karga, who, uh, talk about Gunslinger. He could have shot the Mandalorian and Cara Dune. you remember that scene? Oh, yeah. When he shot his own men? Um, because hmm. his men had orders from him to kill Cara Dune and, and the Mandalorian, and instead he drew and shot both of them. Now he probably wouldn't have killed the Mandalorian thanks to the whole Beskar thing, but he he probably would have killed Cara Dune, because he was faster than all of them, because by the time he had he had drawn and fired, Cara Dune and uh, the Mandalorian had just pulled their weapons. Yeah. Um, so that was that was pretty awesome, and it was at that point that grief becomes you know you know dedicated to their team.
1: And this was after he was healed.
0: Yeah, by baby. Um,
1: So we were torn on, you know, was it because he's like, oh, you know, maybe I should help protect them because, you know, they helped me out? Or if it was a, who do I stand a better chance with moving forward? You know, like, I think it's probably a blend for his character. Like, it's uh, both things.
0: Allow me to Star Wars nerd out, man. Can you imagine a post-Empire Galaxy? Um... So you have the High Republic, and it falls, you know, the, the Republic falls in the Clone Wars, at the end of the Clone Wars. You have the Empire, which while it's evil and it sucks, it, it does bring stability um, to my new Empire, um, as Anakin once said. Um, there is some stability there. Now, Karga is living in a post-Empire, pre-Republic world, or you know, galaxy. Well, where- the New Republic's out there. It's out there, but they even talk about they don't take New Republic credits. It it doesn't have any enforcement authority. Um, he lives in the. And again, this goes back to the Wild West. He lives no, no, no. in the Wild West.
1: They didn't do any New Republic credits. Yeah, he Imperial in, credits. Huh. He tried to offer him imperial credits, didn't he?
0: Yeah, he, and then when he wouldn't take Not, that, he gave him calamari chips.
1: That's what I'm saying. He didn't do. there's no New Republic.
0: Yeah. The, so he lives in an, an environment where there is no structure, no stability. Um, yeah. And in this environment, you know, Grief Karga is making the best living he can, doing what he knows how to do, and he even talks about in episode one of the Mandalorian just how there there are no bounties because there's law. It's lawless. Um, it's a really if you think about that line really deeply, it says so much about the ga- the Star Wars Galaxy six years five years after return of the Jedi. there's no bounties because basically everyone's killing each other whenever they break the law. That's why there's no bounties. There's no law, there's no structure. Um, right. And this guy is living in this environment and when he sees the child and when he sees the uh, loyalty, between Cara Dune and Quill and um, and the Mandalorian, I think that's when he's kind of reminded of better times and better things. Um, so he makes his decision, and I, I love that. I just yeah. I just ranted, didn't I?
1: No, it's good. That's yeah. I mean that's 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 what's going on this episode. I told you this was a great episode, um, and it does a lot of stuff. And then we get to redemption. The next scene with. The actual conversation between them and the client is back.
0: Yeah. The I expect you to do. So,
1: uh, there you go. That's what There it for. is. Um, <laughs> just <laughs> want i continue the demented penguin is back. Yeah.
0: Um, so if back, you haven't there... googled uh, Werner Herzog and demented penguin, do yourself a favor, kids. dement and dement that penguin. <laughs> I googled demented penguin. Well said. It's it, okay. <laughs>
1: Um, so yeah, they're having a chat. They're trying to, to talk him into it. Um, you know, they're they're trying to work out a new deal, sort of. Um, but obviously it's all a sham, and, and they did not bring the child with them to meet with the client, because that would have been silly.
0: Wouldn't
1: it? Yeah. Oh. And, uh, well, I mean, everybody else under this guy's order was told to kill the child, so. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't bring the child along, um, and it gets it gets weird. Um, you know, he says, "Open it up." I think they say he's sleeping, right? They say he's sleeping. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Um, you know, open up the pram. He says he's sleeping, and you know, so they go through all the stuff. Then he says, "Pardon me, I have to take this call." Yeah, and he gets up. Um, you know, and the whole time he's so collected and so. He seemed... And they did a really good job of making it clear that he is so important. You know, like, he's such a strong character in the Empire. Until Moff Gideon shows up. Right. And then immediately they just blast through the walls, try to hit everybody, and he's in there, and the client falls first, I think. I think he's the first one down. Um and I don't know that they could see him there to shoot him, or if they were just shooting. But you know, it didn't matter that he was there. <laughs> That's basically the way it was going down. Um, so, as important as he was, and as, as as important as he clearly thought himself to be, yeah. it didn't matter. You know? Yeah, he wasn't. Um, and and then we get a big idea that there is still some strength to the warlords of. The Empire,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you know, more... we
1: don't really see that before. We see we see the client and a and a little ragtag group who are answering to someone, but they still look like they're in shambles, and they were. I mean, they were not in good shape, which kind of tells you something too that he was you know stuck on this planet with them, that um, they weren't hiding, which I, I know I said earlier, but they weren't hiding. They were, they were sent there for this job. Um, but yeah, so Moff Gideon shows up with. A force, <laughs> not the force. We don't know that yet.
0: Well, not only that. Remember what type of uh, what type of stormtroopers he had?
1: He's got the death troopers with him. Yeah, are the, are the they were death troopers, right? Say that again. They were death troopers, right? Yeah, they were. Yeah. Um. So. You know, it's such a powerful episode well Um, one of
0: the cool things the cool reveals of the whole series was the first time we see stormtroopers after all you know it's it's five years after the fall of the empire and the first time we see these stormtroopers well heck first you see the the helmets on spears which might or might not be heads inside those helmets and then when we finally see those stormtroopers with the client, they look terrible. Their equipment has not been maintained. You know, they look run down. Yep. But then, so yeah, you're given the impression that, okay, the Empire's falling apart. Then Moff Gideon, like you were saying, shows up, and it's like, no, nah, there's still elements of the Empire that are pretty uh, pretty strong.
1: And they're kept, yeah, and they're kept under their regular regiment. They're kept under, this is how things are going to be. You're going to, your uniform is clean. It is ready to go.
0: Penguins Showed up at the new harbor diving camp already some 80 kilometers <laughs> of <laughs> these disoriented or deranged penguins. Showed up at the new harbor diving I've been saying demented, it's deranged. <laughs> <laughs> I, I found that. Are you impressed? I'm you you want to hear it again? Uh, yes, up I do. In the new harbor diving camp Listen. already some 80 kilometers away from where it should be. Oh! disoriented or deranged penguins <laughs> showed up in the new <laughs> sorry that's not funny this disoriented deranged penguin I demented whatever um, so yeah Moff Gideon Buffy. Kills, kills Werner Herzog and his deranged penguin without a second thought this reminds me what was the uh, battle where they were like oh, fire on them but sir we'll hit our own troops too um, oh that was in the movie The Patriot they were talking about Cornwallis the duck
1: um, yeah, and it was also in. Uh, oh, I in a number of
0: yeah war movies
1: like that. But yeah, same same concept. Um, uh, his was his was.
0: Well, oh yeah, he genuinely didn't care. But honestly, why he said, should he? Because there's like ten or so, maybe okay stormtroopers in there. Not even, um, and one old man. Who has right, no no, this I get that. Sweet bling. Um, do you remember that Imperial Assembly war? It made it seem like he was a big dog, but Moff Gideon comes in there and just establishes like, all right, here's the supremacy. Um, yeah, that's
1: what I mean. Like it was so it was so weird. Um, so,
0: the, now we've moved into Redemption. Well, not uh, yet. Do you remember his number? line? Which line?
1: Moff Gideon. He says first thing he says to them, you may think you have some idea of what you are in possession of, but you do not
0: oh, I didn't remember that that's a that's that's good
1: um you know just in just an opening, just to be like, you don't know what you have basically, but I'm coming to take it um and,
0: yeah, that's interesting because the armor kind of seems to have some input into this. When they uh, sneak down, you know, after this, it's somewhere in between Reckoning and Redemption. I think it's in Redemption. But um, And she's like, you need to return the child to his people, which is to say these magic sorcerers we used to fight, which is the Jedi. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Moff Gideon seems to be aware of it. And the
1: way they're describing the Jedi in all of this... Yeah. Like, the way they're using this is so cool, because he has you know, he's almost clueless as to who they actually were. Yeah. You know, well, he because I mean, they, they call them, they call them
0: who they were in A New Hope.
1: Right. Because they call them a race of sorcerers. Yeah. You know, that's, that's how they're referred. Right. Um, they're, uh, they're a race of sorcerers. Yeah. And, uh, it was just, I mean, it's, it's cool. It's cool to see what they're doing with the, with the Jedi concept. Yep. And it's it'll be interesting to see if he's actually able to find any while the Empire is... Well, I guess the Empire is not working hard to anymore. It'll be interesting to see if, if people with Force abilities start to bring themselves back out as the Empire is falling. Like,
0: yeah. Well, you know. I guess we'll find out in Season 2, which actually is a good time to wrap up Redemption and what we're looking forward to. So redemption, we talked about a lot in last week's podcast. Um, yeah, yeah. This is where basically Moff Gideon tries to blow him up, and they manage to escape. Uh, we see uh, Din Djarin, Pedro Pascal, you know, the Mandalorian's face for the first time. Um, IG Eleven uh, ends up being sacrificed, and what is an extraordinarily amazing scene. Um, the Quill is killed. Um, it's it's emotionally well, quill powerful. Was killed in, in the uh, reckoning. Yeah, um, but it's very powerful. These two last episodes, um, but where we end up is uh, our guys seem to be fairly safe. They they kind of take out the garrison on uh, on whatever planet this is. I don't even remember the name of the planet. Um, and, uh, Navarro, what is it? Navarro. So they take out the garrison on Navarro. Um, our guy uh, gets himself a jetpack and he takes down Moff Gideon, Moff Gideon crashes, and so Cara Dune, um, the Mandalorian, the child, and Carl Weathers all seem happy and healthy. Carl Weathers and Cara Dune, which is, a Grief Karga, um, and Cara Dune, they, they decide they're going to work together and do some stuff. We're not entirely sure what, but, um, maybe more bounty hunting, it's unclear, and, now we leave with uh, the Mandalorian basically on a quest to go find any remaining Jedi. Now, again, this is six years after Return of the Jedi, so long long after Order 66, but still, I mean, as far as we know from the movies, uh, the only Jedi are the ones being trained by Luke, um, if he's even gotten that far at this point in the story, uh, which I imagine he has started his school six years after uh, Return of the Jedi. But anyway... Uh, there may be some Padawans that survived, who knows. Uh, but, yeah, that sets us up for Season 2. And, of course, the big uh, kind of reveal at the end of uh, Chapter 8 is that Moff Gideon survives and uses, as Tim said to me earlier today, THE Darksaber. That's to, right. to cut himself out of his uh, crashed uh, Tie Fighter. Um, and the reason why we have to use the impersonal pronoun of THE with such emphasis is because the Darksaber indicates the ruler of Mandalore. Not that uh, we think Gideon is claiming any such rulership, leadership, it, more so that it indicates m- even more how Mandalore has been destroyed.
1: Well, yeah, I was going to say, I think the Empire is claiming ownership of it.
0: Yeah, it, it, it doesn't exist as it did. And that, you know, one
1: of, the, one of the people in charge of that was gifted or just took the yeah, spoils it's, of it's, war it's for himself. it's a relic, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, so that shows you how far Mandalore has fallen that this uh, random Imperial general has has their symbol of leadership. And that leaves us, that ends at uh, chapter, excuse me, episode, season one of The Mandalorian. Um, we have gone long on this podcast. Did you want to take a moment to talk about season two or are we just going to wait four days and see what happens? Um,
1: no, I think... Like I said, I'm really interested to see. Honestly, and I'm not saying that I'm hoping for it. You know that I love Force lore and, and all that study. Okay. I don't think we'll learn new things about the Force necessarily. Um, um, we could have some cleanup with, with the uh, child. We might with the child and the midichlorians. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, well, I mean, just how he came to be might might give some new new insight. Um,
0: Especially with the uh, suggestion of cloners <clears> being involved.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, some some neat and interesting stuff there. Um, I haven't really spent a lot of time speculating about Season 2. Like, I've intentionally... Me too. ...forced myself to think about other things. Yep. Um, you know, and I think I've said this before, the only thing that I really want to say is... I am absolutely at a point where they could really let me down. <laughs> because what i mean by that is they have they have set the bar um you know mandalorian season one is almost the the bar to which i set other tv shows and it can't be because it's so good you know it it was it was more than what we wanted coming into it um
0: yeah that's that's true
1: it's a it's a hard act. To, what I mean is, it's a hard act to follow, even for themselves. Like that's, Yeah. you know, I just. But I have such I'm,
0: faith in uh, Falony and in Favreau that I'm. I'm. Yeah. I, well, that's see what I'm you're saying, saying, though.
1: I'm. I'm really, really excited, yeah. and I believe in the writers and the directors I and the people that are involved. I um, can
0: fly. Sorry.
1: Um, so yeah. I'm excited about it. That's what I'm, right, I'm trying about to say. It, I'm, I'm, I'm it, that uh, excited that that I have a lot of space to be let down if, <laughs> if it's if it's bad. But I don't think it's going to be. Bad. I don't really have any concerns. I'm as, ready and excited.
0: I wonder how much time has passed because, as you pointed out last time, and I rewatched the trailer, um, Grief Carga does look significantly older. Um, yeah. Meaning they made it a point to you know, make his like you mentioned his beard gray and all that stuff. So I don't know if they're trying to. Figure out how to pay for, you know, Baby Yoda's college or what at this point. Um, but anyway, we'll see what happens. Right, and um, that's the
1: difference. Like, we don't know, you know, we, you just talked about a second ago the, the five years after with, with Luke's Jedi training, but this could be years later.
0: Yeah, we could be in Kylo Ren territory now. Um, yeah i mean realistically i'm not i'm not kidding we could be in like uh ben ben kenobi i should or ben kenobi ben solo territory um yeah yeah it will be interesting i can't wait and of course next week um our podcast will be the mandalorian episode one season two recap
1: chapter nine
0: Chapter 9, and we will do what uh, what we love doing, is uh, we're going to take, uh, take the episode apart scene by scene and talk about you know some of the fan service, talk about the story, talk about how it ties into the greater lore of Star Wars. Um, this is my favorite part of podcasting, so I'm really excited to have this show back on. Yeah, um, same with me. Yeah, so this is, this is cool, good times for us. Um, I was supposed to give a shout out to another listener named Lotus... Um, I'm assuming that's not their real name, but Lotus wanted me to say that this is the greatest show ever, and that Jim is the most talented host to ever be on broadcast anything. I might be, uh, exaggerating Lotus's comments, but, um, you know, Lotus, I dare you to come, you know, write us back and tell us I'm wrong. Yeah. If you want to shout out, or you want uh, us to mention to you, or talk about anything, uh, or you know what I love even more is when you have uh, comments about the show, or questions about the Star Wars universe that we haven't thought about or talked about. Um, please send those to us uh, at ourcertainview uh, at gmail dot com, or um, visit us at our uh, Facebook page at Far Far Away Our Galaxy is. Um, yeah, I love it. I love the uh, fan interaction. So that's that is cool. Alright, buddy. There was someone else I was supposed to give a shout-out to, and they're going to get mad at me, but um, I don't remember who it was.
1: Well, I don't think we talked about uh, Shasta Mandalorian or Arden today.
0: And Arden is the man responsible for the beauty of the sound, and Shasta is the reason why we're here. So, shout-out to them. Uh, Shasta's um, uh, podcast continues to grow, and it's awesome. It's called The Riff. Um, I'll tell you what, Chasta's pretty mad. <laughs> um, he doesn't sound, he doesn't come across mad, but he's, he's got a lot of insight, uh, about what's going on in today's world, and, I mean, let's all be honest, the, the, the world is not doing well. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I, I highly recommend it if you're kind of curious to hear, uh, a, a, well, maybe a different take on, uh. Socio political events. Uh, the riff is a good one to listen to. Sometimes you just talks about music. It's it really is a truly eclectic podcast. It's uh it's fun. It's it's short too. It's usually only like five to ten minutes, and it's daily. So take a moment, check that out. Um, anything else we want to plug or say or talk about? I think we hit them. I think we hit them as well. Um, yeah. So wait a minute. I just got a message. Um, <laughs> I am not kidding you when I say this It's from Lotus And it says Tell uh, the listeners that um, Lotus is our favorite uh, fan So, Tim, who's our favorite fan? I believe Lotus is our Apparently so um, Yeah, so Got that in right under the gun Because we're about to close this thing up Alright, so uh, I'm Jim And I'm Tim And this has been
1: Our Our certain certain point of view, view. this is the way
0: we have spoken. And uh, remember, the force will be with
1: you. Always.
0: Always. And brush twice, just to make sure. Audio 1.